0: I couldn't 100 percent sign something today. We actually had papers ready to be signed, but it just wasn't appropriate. I want to do
1: it right. I'd much rather do it right than do it fast. Just like in prison. Um, you. So sometimes you got to walk away. That's oh, yeah. what the president said about the North Korean summit.
2: Sure, absolutely. To discuss the summit and other matters political, we are pleased to welcome back to the Armstrong and Getty Show Lan He Chen, host of the podcast Crossing Lines with Lan He Chen. Also. A fellow at the Hoover Institution, director of domestic policy studies, lecturer in public policy at Stanford University, a quaint little community college in Northern California. Lon how are you, sir? Good morning, gentlemen. How are you? It's merely my inferiority complex that makes me make those little (laughs) jokes at Stanford's expense. I hope you will forgive me and or pity me. Of course. Yeah, okay. (laughs) I'm sure you already pity me. Anyway, so hey, uh, my theory, I, Joe, have been saying for quite some time, the most likely outcome by far is that North Korea gets a usable nuclear arsenal and we just have to live with it. And any hope to the contrary has been a long shot. Uh, would you agree or how do you see the question?
3: Well, I I think that a, a fair amount of pessimism is warranted in, in this entire process. And, you know, from from all along, leading up to the Hanoi summit, leading up to the most recent set of discussions, I was warning people that you know, to expect a deal, I think, is overly optimistic because of the conditions on the ground that we know of in North Korea. And I say we know of because the reality is we, we really don't know how far along they are in many respects. They've got elements of nuclear capability that we're not aware of, which, by the way, was one of the reasons why in this negotiation, the United States was demanding a full accounting from the North Koreans of what they had. And and even that they were unwilling to do. So, I do think to a certain degree the North Koreans are far enough along in their nuclear program. They have enough fissile material developed. They have warheads. They're able to put that material on warheads that that this is a serious set of considerations. And so I'm glad that we're engaging in discussions with them, but I'm not surprised we weren't able to reach a breakthrough in this summit.
1: Would North Korea if 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 they just are accepted as a nuclear state by the world, would they be the craziest nuclear state or would Pakistan still have that title, you think?
3: Well, this week, I mean, you know, there's been a lot of lot of conflict between Pakistan and India in the Kashmir region, which is the disputed region between the two countries. The Pakistanis, the problem with Pakistan is that it's never entirely clear who's in charge. You've got the sort of triumvirate of authorities there. You've got the intelligence services, which are incredibly powerful. You've got the military, and then of course you've got the civilian leadership. And the problem with Pakistan is less that they're as unpredictable or eccentric as Kim Jong-un. It's more that you just never know who's in charge when. So Reminds well, me Iran. of Iran. Yeah, well, and, and, and it's, it's not unusual to see in, in that part of the world. So I, I feel like uh, the North Korea. We, we shouldn't simply accept that North Korea is a nuclear power. We should, we should want to do something about the, the Korean Peninsula to seek denuclearization. But the reality is they're quite far along, and we have to, we have to accept that they are, where they are, and do our best to try and push them away from nuclear folly.
2: One of the things we like best about talking to you, Lanhee, is that you're you're thoroughly acquainted with the conventional wisdom, but you're not a slave to it. Having said that, what do you think of the unconventional uh, Trump approach to summits and getting together with world leaders and and uh, Kim Jong Un in particular?
1: You want to go? You want to meet? Sure, I'll meet where you were, when? Okay, I'll be Let's there. Let's
2: talk. Yeah,
3: yeah. I mean, I, look, I, I. <laughs> he is someone who obviously has managed throughout his whole career to get things done in an unconventional way so I, i'm not going to sit here and say that his technique is wrong because it doesn't follow uh, 90 years of the way we've conducted diplomacy that having been said i think there's a reason why you want the subordinates to get together and hammer out something and then bring it up to the next level and let them hammer something out and really just let the leaders come together but You know, I I was thinking and reflecting uh, last night, guys, on the discussions that Reagan had with Gorbachev in the 80s. And recall that that took several in-person meetings, I think five, before they were able to reach some substantial agreement. Reagan had to walk away from the table at one point. Reagan wasn't hesitant to meet directly with Gorbachev. So I I don't have a problem with Trump trying to do this one-on-one. What I hope, though, and and actually I don't hope, I know this is happening— there are very good people in our government who know a lot about these issues, who very much want to strike a reasonable agreement with North Korea, who are putting in an awful lot of time and effort into, uh, into getting things done. I'm very close to someone who's very deeply involved in the process now. And, and I know that with the negotiations partly in his hands, you know, I feel very good about the possibility of a good outcome. I also felt very good, by the way, that President Trump wasn't going to sign a bad deal. I know there's a lot of people on the left who are like, oh, Trump's going to give away the farm. let's not forget, we have a system around the president. And at the end of the day, the president, I think, did the right thing by listening to the counsel of people like Pompeo, the Secretary of State, and John Bolton, the National Security Advisor, probably told him, look, trading sanctions for the the destruction of one known nuclear facility is probably not a good idea.
1: Well, uh, Kim swung for the fences, and my theory is, they got smart people watching cable news all the time. They're hearing all the talking heads say, you know, the Cohen hearings are happening, and Trump's under the gun, and he might give away the farm. They thought, why not, why not throw him our best deal and see if he bites?
3: Yeah, 100%. I mean, it's, it's a negotiation, and the, the, the North Koreans are clearly savvy enough to have gotten to where – I mean, let, let's just step back and take a look at North Korea. It's a country with a minuscule GDP – Uh, They've got massive areas that don't even have power. They've got people who are starving. Uh, The number of people who are doing well economically is probably fewer than the number of gulags in the country. So, you know, for them to have gotten to this place suggests that they're actually pretty savvy, pretty savvy bunch. And so, yeah, absolutely. I think they looked at the conditions and said, we're going to do everything we can to try to seize on the president when they perceive he's weak. But obviously, as I said, there's a system in place. The system was effective, and I'm glad to see that we ended up where we did.
1: His podcast is Crossing Lines with Lon He Chen. You should check it out. Did you see the videos of uh, a Kim smoking cigarettes during the breaks? Now his, sis- his sister has to run around with the ashtray. I don't have a sister, but if I did, I don't think she'd follow me around <laughs> with an ashtray if I wanted her to. <laughs>
3: Yeah, it's it's quite, it's it, it, it's really terrific service they have over there. Yeah, no kidding. I guess. Yeah, I mean, it's that's good. pretty awesome.
2: Good to be a dictator. So Lon, as long as uh, Jack brought up the unholy specter of the uh, Cohen hearings yesterday, um, and, and your specialty is indeed in domestic policy, uh, overall impressions of the spectacle of that hearing, the testimony, uh, how much did you get to see?
3: Um, I saw a decent amount of it actually. Cause I was on a plane yesterday and they had the Direct TV on, so oh, I was. How uh, many people seem to be watching
1: it on of- the plane? A lot of people.
3: Uh, I would say about 70% of the wow. people around me were watching it. I, wow. I was shocked, actually. Maybe because there was nothing else to watch.
1: <laughs> That's true. It was on the every... The networks even blew out their programming. for I'll it. grant you
3: that. Yeah, although, although, although there was some spring training, which was, which was a nice distraction. But I, I tend to think that uh, there's a couple of things about the testimony. I mean, one, obviously, Cohen's credibility is not the greatest out of all of the witnesses we've seen appear before Congress, that having been said. The fact that he was with the president before he was the president for so long, and, you know, I recall Michael Cohen in in 2012 when I was working for Mitt Romney as a a senior aide on that campaign, and we were dealing with the Trump orbit, the Trump community, uh, it it was Michael Cohen who he dealt with primarily. And and so Michael Cohen is somebody who has clearly been around the president, knows a lot, has reason to know a lot. And, And so I don't doubt that at least some of what he said yesterday was true. I do think it was a spectacle in the sense that both sides have already decided what they want to use this for. The Democrats are going to use it to pursue impeachment. The Republicans are going to use it uh, as an opportunity to defend the president and to to slander Cohen. So uh, both sides already decided what was going to happen. I don't know that we learned a whole lot of new stuff from the hearings yesterday. But what I do think is that for, for the Democrats to have held the hearings during the North Korea talks was not an accident. And I and I do wish that they, I think they could have accomplished the same thing. That was weak. But they'd only waited a few days. Yeah, yeah. That,
1: that's so, really anyway. really weak. Is there a fictional voter out there that doesn't believe Trump's the kind of guy that Cohen presented him as yesterday? I just I just I think everybody knows when they heard he you know he got a phony bidder to buy his own painting. I think most Trump supporters think yeah I, I think he's that <laughs> kind of guy. like Donald. sounds like Donald Trump to me. Right. I still like him better than Hillary Clinton or
2: Kamala Harris.
3: Yeah, and, and I think that uh, someone, I forgot who it was, put it well yesterday when they said there was a lot of embarrassment but not a whole lot of illegality. Yeah. Uh, I, I do think there was a lot of embarrassment. Now, the, the the bigger investigation than the Mueller investigation, I think, is this investigation that's going on in the Southern District of New York, which is the district which covers New York City and obviously has prosecutorial oversight on, on violations of federal law that happen in New York City. And so the question is, did the Trump organization or any of the Trump charities – violate uh, campaign finance and other laws, I think, I think that may be the legal exposure the president has. But it's not like I walked away from yesterday thinking, you know, that the president had colluded with Russia any more than I thought before, which is I, I'm not convinced it happened. And so I, I, we didn't learn anything new legally, but it was embarrassing for the president and probably not a great thing for him to have had to go, had to go through or to watch for that matter.
2: I do find myself wondering what the fate of the Trump empire is going to be, though, given the investigation you referenced and the complexity uh, and creativity of their dealings through the decades. Um, we will see, I guess. Uh, Lan he Chen yeah. is the host of the podcast Crossing Lines with Lan He Chen. We will have a link so you can find it and listen to it easily. He's also a. David and Diane Steffi, Research Fellow at the Hoover Institution, Director of Domestic Policy Studies at Stanford University. Lon it's it's always enlightening. We thank you for your time. Hey, thanks a lot, guys. Thank you.
1: My favorite ever USA Today graph coming up. (laughs) What? (laughs) And something Trump said at the press conference with uh, a little fathead in, in Vietnam that's getting some attention. Um... Once again, uh, Trump believing a dictator. Um, It's bothering some people, even on the right. Oh, yeah, yeah, I heard that one, yes. Hmm. If you haven't heard about that, stay tuned.
2: Tough to defend.
1: Got a woman who used to be in weightlifting and had to compete against a dude who was a chick, if you know what I mean. How'd that go? That's coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty.
2: The conscience of the nation. Armstrong and Getty Show.
1: I got a new favorite sandwich Is a guy who's let himself go. It's the uh, buttermilk chicken sandwich. Crispy chicken sandwich from McDonald's. Have you had that? No. I didn't even know they had
2: such a thing. No. My, my wife no, ordered I it. haven't. It's my new favorite I- sandwich buttermilk chicken sandwich
1: which has more calories than a quarter pounder with cheese i noticed on the board boy. so you think oh you know what i'll get the chicken i'm feeling a little healthy today at mcdonald's <laughs> wow <laughs> and the uh, term buttermilk
2: didn't glue you in huh? well i'm stupid and fat <laughs> oh boy easy now
1: um so uh, this this is getting some uh pushback from even people toward the right or trump supporters uh trump talking about you remember Otto warm beer Warmbier, yeah. Warmbier, a yeah. uh, college student, went over to North Korea, did some stupid things, admittedly, but then was beaten to death in custody by the North Koreans, mm-hmm. which is pretty ugly,
2: unforgivable.
0: I don't believe that he would have allowed that to happen. It just wasn't to his advantage to allow that to happen. Those prisons are rough; they're rough places, and bad things happened. But I really don't believe that he was. Uh, he, he. I don't believe he knew about it.
3: Did, did he say? Did he tell you that he did not? Uh, did
0: kim jong un tell you he director? felt badly about it did i did t- speak to him he, he felt very badly but he knew the case very well but he knew it later and you know you got a lot of people a big country a lot of people and in those prisons and those camps you have a lot of people and some really bad things happened to otto some really really bad things why, why are you under- but he following? tells me he tells me that he didn't know about it and i will take him at his word okay.
1: It's an interesting thing to say.
2: Yeah, you know, I was—I uh, had heard that clip characterized. I hadn't heard it until just now, and I was ready to hate it. Um, like I, you know, there are aspects of Trump's unconventional approaches that I like very much. There's some that I don't like at all. I think the stuff with Putin, you know, believing Putin over our intelligence services, that's just weird. Um, but that I is defensible. I think.
1: Well, I, I don't. How would you answer that? If you're if you're asking a press conference standing next to Kim or you're trying to make a deal with, yeah. what are you gonna do? Um I, It is I, it is also quite possible that the <laughs> the people in the prison beat the guy to death without Kim having any knowledge of it, I suppose. Well
2: yeah, the reason and I'm not defending Trump in this. I'm just trying to I'm trying to get at the truth myself, because that poor young man and his family I mean the suffering is unimaginable. That's a real human being. And so I really I wanna be right on this, so I'm thinking about it really hard. I, you know, we told this story. I haven't told it for years. We rode along with the uh, the Charlotte Fire Department years and years ago, did a, a day shift with them and responded to all the calls with them. And it was absolutely fascinating. And they treated us great. But one of the calls was um, a woman had, I think she jumped out of a seventh story window. Wasn't it, Jack? It was seventh high. out of the eighth stories on the building and landed in some hedges and broke her arm, period. That was her only injury. She broke her arm. And we're discussing this with the firefighters, and they say, yeah, we will semi-regularly respond to a call of somebody who tripped, stepping over a curb, hit their heads, and dies. So is it possible Fathead gave the order, yeah, slap them around a little bit as needed, the American dog. Or, or he was aware of it or whatever, and things got out of hand, and he said, you what? Yeah, that's possible. Because I don't think it does serve him at all to to have done that intentionally.
1: Joe, apologizing for autocrats would be oh, a good uh, okay. title for this segment of oh the podcast. Boy.
2: And, uh, and a murder of young Americans. I might have put that in a parentheses, maybe. Now, do you, you hear what I'm driving at, right? Do you remember
1: I, how how, how harsh, I mean, it's
2: still unforgivable and a horror, and they you remember, should pay for
1: it. But do you remember how harsh the rhetoric was from candidate Trump on auto and, and yes. his results during all of his rallies? Yes. And how the Obama administration was not being... Yes. So, you know, there's that also. Right. Right. Um, here's my favorite graph from USA Today in quite a while. How much can a 1700 pound polar bear's stomach hold? This is their little graph down in the cor- corner. And it's kind of funny on its own, but F- there's first, a, uh, there's even a punchline to it. Uh, How much okay. can a 1700 pound polar bear's stomach hold? It says up to 20% of its body weight, which would be equal to, this is the part I like, which would be equal to 340 pounds or two Adam Levines. <laughs> So I don't know if I missed the news that Adam Levine was eaten by a polar bear, and we shouldn't be surprised because they could have actually eaten two of him, or they're just so mad about the halftime show,
2: they're hoping he gets eaten by a polar bear. Or has the Adam Levine been adopted as a unit of measure? (laughs) Uh, A question, please, Professor. Is uh, 1,700 pounds a fairly typical weight for a polar bear? I have no idea. What's coming up in your news, Marshall?
0: Well, didn't take long. Nancy Pelosi's weighing in on the truncated summit. We'll get into that. Also, I'm sure, that'll be enlightening. Also, I didn't know. I don't know if you've heard, but Walmart is getting rid of its greeters, an oh.
1: institution coming to an yeah, end. Yeah, and a job a lot of oldsters, especially, yep. really like. How much money could that possibly save? You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. About the high school track team, where two boys who identify as girls won the uh, the state track tournament and rank at the top of the national rankings. Boy, they must be talented. Got a woman here who says, up until recently, I was a competitive weightlifter, but this 34-year-old dude who identified as a chick would win the tournament and then post on Instagram how he was so proud that he could still outlift
2: the young girls. She, she would win the tournament, Jack. Stephen pointed out that he actually checked the times and neither of these two transgender boys who were number one and number two in girls track in Connecticut would be in the top 150 boys in their state
3: for that event. But you don't you you don't
1: think that they're doing it just to win medals, do you? I mean, because that's a lot to take on the whole, I'm actually a girl and you're in high school and what that would do to you. I don't know. You.
2: you know, they're kids, so... I'm less concerned about their motives and all that than the rest of the world saying it's good.
1: What hurts the most is if you're the number three girl in that state, who would have been the best in the entire state. I quoted her. And quite possibly get to go to one of the, you know, go to UCLA and run on their track team.
2: Right. She said it's demoralizing. There's no point. We know the result before it begins. The two boys are going to win the race. Yeah. News now with Marshall Phillips. Well, President Trump's summit with North Korean leader Kim Jong-un is over
0: without reaching a deal to end the North's nuclear weapons program. Sometimes no deal is the best deal, Marshall. Summit ending two hours early after Kim demanded the U.S. lift all sanctions immediately in exchange for the North's limited drawdown of its nuke program.
2: No, get on your slow train with a crate of Oreos and go, said our president.
1: What you said is fair and everybody's saying it. So the, the summit ended... Without an agreement for North Korea to end their nuclear arms program, there was nobody that thought that was going to
2: happen, though. Right, right. <laughs> it was less progress than was hoped for. That's perhaps a lot like <laughs> saying, "And yes. yes. Jack
1: ended the night shooting baskets <laughs> once again, not making an NBA team." I mean, there was nobody thought that was going to happen.
2: Right, Marshall. The liberal media. Then why are you shooting baskets? <laughs> yes. <laughs> The president
0: is now on board Air Force One on his way back to Washington. As Joe pointed out, Kim is on the train heading back to North Korea. And House Speaker Nancy Pelosi wasting no time to weigh in, saying it's clear. He was a big winner.
3: He, Kim Jong-un, getting to sit face-to-face with the most powerful person in the world, the president of the United States. And really, it's good that the president did not give him anything for the little that he was proposing.
0: So a bit of praise for the president. So Kim's the big winner,
1: and she's going with the we elevated him to the world stage. Once again, I'll tell you this. What elevates you to the world stage is having a nuclear arsenal. You're automatically at the top tier of leaders in the world if you have a button you could press. And Fathead knows it. Of course. It's just true. You might not like that he's elevated to that level, but it's just true former texas congressman it's just it's like if some young punk comes up to you and has a gun you got to take him seriously
2: oh no i'm not that would elevate him to take him seriously
1: former texas congressman
0: beto o'rourke says he's made a decision about his political future oh joy o'rourke has been talked about for months as a possible democratic presidential candidate in 2020 in a statement that he has just put out o'rourke has ruled out running for the U.S. Senate in 2020, leaving open the possibility he will
1: run for president. So, okay, every move he's made in the last month or so, I thought,
2: pointed toward he's going to run for the U.S. Senate. I was surprised to hear the end of Marshall's sentence myself. But Most people
1: think he'd be top tier immediately if he jumps into the presidential
2: race yeah he certainly is in I terms of attention all, but yeah that's he just absolutely
1: crazy. would be in terms of you know Twitter followers and uh, media coverage and everything like that
2: but I think the calculation he and his people probably made is' losing in a close race well a somewhat close race to to Ted Cruz um actually elevated him if he loses a second time against Cornyn, would it be this time if he loses a second time, That just starts to look like a loser. So you don't
1: think he's going to run for president? It's just, this is not my time. Next cycle? Yeah, there's a decent
2: chance. I think it's about a coin uh, flip. I'm sure as people are are hastily contacting donors and figuring out how warm the water is there.
1: There's also this possibility always exists. You start doing the oppo research on yourself and think, ooh, I can't run for
2: president. Mm. Mm. Chris
1: Christie was talking about this the other day. Uh, What candidate was he using as an example? He mentioned Elizabeth Warren and and one other things have come out. He said, look, you you can be an office, you can be a governor, you can be a senator. It's a different playing field when you're running for president. Little stories you've been telling, getting away with your whole life, don't work anymore when you run for president. It all comes out. Hmm. and That happens to a lot of people.
0: San Francisco Chronicle reporting the giant California utility company PG&E now says it's Probable its power lines will be found at least partially responsible for last year's devastating campfire. And in its latest earnings report, they recorded a $10 billion charge. Related to coming claims from the disaster,
2: these were the same power lines that they'd uh, been putting off repairing or clearing around for years, yes. in spite of having the permission and, yes. and everything to do that. Yes, okay. still u- making their big profits year after year, huh? Still uh, got the uh, legislator, or the uh, the the public utilities commission in their their pocket, huh? Interesting.
1: Oh, I know, I know the story. Christy mentioned he's Kamala Harris talking about uh, smoking pot in college, listening to Tupac. He said, and that's not a big deal, but she's but she's told that story a thousand times. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you're running for president and somebody says, that's not possible. And right. you got to answer for it. I mean, yeah. that just happens over and over again right. when you're on that next level
2: stage. Yeah, I did not smoke pot listening to Tupac in college. I can categorically deny that.
0: Walmart's going to be doing away with its traditional breeders.
1: Captain Antonio. A lot of bread.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Walmart doing away with its traditional greeters, telling employees in those jobs at a thousand stores across the country the positions will be eliminated and replaced with a more expanded customer host job.
1: Computers, welcome to the store. The bathroom is that way. Because all all computers have to shoplifters
2: will be killed. <laughs> Robot.
0: <laughs>
1: Customer
0: host jobs positions are going to be more physically demanding. They're going to require that workers be able to lift twenty five pound packages, climb ladders, and stand for long periods of time. You know that's
1: too bad. I think in a lot of towns across America, it was something for grandma or yeah. grandpa to do, and you know, handicapped folks too in yeah. wheelchairs and and yeah. the, and a lot of them seem to really enjoy right. just saying, "Hey, how you doing? Welcome to Walmart to people." And I know, I thought it was a nice touch too. But you know, private sector especially is not in the business of. Uh, giving people jobs just because it would seem sounds nice.
2: Yeah, although it seems a little tone deafish to me, but you know. Bye bye.
0: Market will decide. Walmart's facing a customer backlash over it. There have been uh, complaints made to the U.S. Equal Employment Opportunity Commission. As well as a federal lawsuit alleging discrimination under the Americans with what? Disabilities Act. We're just
1: going
2: to eliminate it. I walk into Target all the time. Nobody ever greets me, and I'm fine. Yeah, that's that's a stupidity. That's a terrible suit and perverse and wrong. On the other Wait. hand, I just can't believe Walmart would do that. It seems dumb to me. There you go. That's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall
1: Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. Some of those, some of those greeters could
2: not lift 25
1: pounds. No.
2: Back before uh, there was a Walmart, I worked in kind of a Walmart in high school for a few years. It was work I would describe as tiring and humiliating. No, not really. It what did fine. you do? I worked in the uh, toys and juvenile department of a department store. Okay?
1: And look at you. You're still
2: juvenile. <laughs> <laughs> well, Rubbed off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. toys, Toys and juvenile. Toys and drugs, we used to call it. Uh, yeah, yeah, Uh, I I worked with a a good friend of mine, God rest his soul, and, um, uh, the memories included unloading trucks, stacking boxes, riding around on equipment that we were told not to ride around on, (laughs) and, uh, fun (laughs) and that the assistant manager of the store whose name was Jim Ash, What'd you call him? (laughs) (laughs) I think I know. (laughs) Um... That if he caught you sitting, you were fired. There you go. No warnings. I like
1: Jim Ash. Yes. Oh, boy.
2: <laughs> he was not he was a miserable son of a bitch, I tell you what. He was not a happy man. Had bags under his eyes, you'd have to check at United Airlines and just bitter and and just unhappy with life. I think he probably drank his way through his shift, but <laughs> by God, we learned discipline, Jack. <laughs> And those, <laughs> those toss-a-crosses were stacked uh. properly and... And we knew how to put together strollers. I had to do that. If I catch you sitting, you're fired," said the drunk. <laughs> right. I had a
1: job where they had no leaning. You weren't allowed to lean against something like they're talking to you. Time to lean. It's time to clean. That's what my, one of my <laughs> yes. restaurant managers used to say. Uh, good one. That's a good one too. This for good any, it This for anybody who who doesn't listen to sucky music is bread. And this is what Joe is smoking dope to in college. In my <laughs> in my hilarious scenario, Bang banging my head.
2: <laughs> Turn it up, dude. Try to get an erection to this song. Just try. Dreams
1: you can't do it.
2: Music for women who'd like to be lesbians but are still straight but want guys who are not really guys. It's <laughs> the name of this genre.
1: <laughs> this kind of music was so popular for a long time. Oh, How did that God, ever yes. happen?
2: did
1: oh. that ever
3: happen?
2: Sing- this sort of singer, which was big in the 70s for a while, make Ellen Alda seem like Chael Sonnen. <laughs> Bit of a Dennis Miller esque <laughs> reference, but I don't get it. <laughs> but those who did really enjoyed it, Michael. He's an MMA fighter, don't you know? So devoid of
3: testosterone.
2: Uh, a
1: couple of things Cohen said yesterday we haven't commented on today. Maybe we should get to that. Among other things, coming up on the Armstrong
2: and Getty show Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. The the words that he said today that would send a chill up my spine at the White House would be, I'm in constant contact with the Southern District. I mean, again, now they have Michael Cohen and Rick Gates. And we have no discussion in the inaugural today. I'm interested. No one asked Michael Cohen about the inaugural. John
1: sorry Sarbanes asked one quick question about right? that was it? But
2: I mean, I think you, you, you know you've got two tour guides now in there, uh, George, and that's got to be really concerning given what Michael Cohen said today, um, and the fact that they get again got no substantive defense from anybody.
1: Alan Dershowitz from Harvard Law, Chris Christie, there, former prosecutor, all the legal people that are smart and and and, and often support Trump and say this isn't a big deal all say that other stuff in New York is a big deal. Now, they could be wrong, I suppose. I guess what they say is it very potentially could be a big deal. Right, right. But Cohen said he's been interviewed seven times by the Southern Dist- District of New York?
2: And the SDNY, you're supposed to call it if you're cool. Um, and But couldn't say about what? Well, and when was the last time you talked to Trump? Well, it was a while ago. What did you talk about? Well, I am i can't talk about that because it's being investigated by the SDNY. D-S-Y? SDNY. NY? Sorry, I'm not cool. Um, yeah, I guess we'll see. I, I'm getting the idea the Mueller report's going to be not much. It could be not much, though. And Although, then we... remember, I always, I can't believe me. I, Joe Getty, have forgotten. There's, it's also about just Russians messing with our society and the election in general. Not just Trump and collusion. Could
1: be a lot of interesting stuff in there. Right. So I don't know. Do you know the so Mueller comes out tomorrow and says, I got nothing. So what goes on with the Southern District of New York? Do they they on a timeline of any kind? We just wait for them to come out. Yeah, they
2: they when they'll go when they want to go, I suppose. Unless they're coordinating something with Mueller. Donnie Deutsch. MSNBC. The guy who owns the banks? Deutsche Banks. Yep. Owns them.
1: Former former friend of Donald Trump. Used to be on The Apprentice. Current friend of Michael Cohen. Been talking to him on the phone every day. So who? Says (laughs) this is going to end in RICO charges for the whole Trump family. Trump organization in the Southern District of New York. That's what he says. What are RICO charges?
2: That's uh racketing and uh, something or else. It's your uh, organized
1: crime. Racketeer influence and corrupt organizations act.
2: Right. You're mobbed up.
1: But if it's all around campaign finance and
2: hush money to porn stars and stuff like that. Is... No, I'm thinking it's going to be taxes. Oh. Taxes and insurance fraud and banking oh, yeah. fraud so, and, and perhaps money laundering. So I've did heard you, did you
1: follow the whole AOC line of questioning? Did no. you watch her? She was good. Uh,
2: she I, was that, good. I, I, wanted to hate, I wanted to hate
1: on her. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, it I was, turned it on to hate on her. I thought it was really impressive. It, I'm admittedly in the tank or whatever, but yeah, she's. She, that was really good. It was good. I don't know if she came up with that on her own. or. What about her REs, Sean? Her R- Realtor R- eyes. R- oh, oh, she got yeah. Em. Oh, yeah, she got them. She got oh, them. She got the Realtor eyes. Look at her. Um, But... And I, and I don't know if it was on purpose because she was last, because she's the youngest, the the least senior member, um, but she just set up the whole tax thing. And she talked about a couple of different golf courses that were valued at $50 million for borrowing money, then valued at $5 million for paying property taxes. And Cohen was involved in that and gave another example of a different golf course. And she said, well, is there any way to figure this out without looking at Trump's taxes? And he said, no, you'd have to see the taxes. Mm. So set, that sets up that and that particular committee as cummings told us on 60 minutes oh yeah i can get tax i can ask for the taxes i can do anything with this committee i can get any info i want for any reason they set it up and without her line of questioning we would have not have known that there was a man named matthew calamari so we
2: cannot overlook that aspect the inventor of squid before dinner
1: so then they get into the tax stuff and so and boy i'm sure there's not a business person in america who Attempts to undervalue their property to keep their taxes low. If you can tell me how I can do it,
2: I would like to do it today. And then when borrowing against it, inflates the value of said property. Oh, my. I can't believe someone would do that. Yeah, If anybody's got any tips on how I could get
1: my uh, (laughs) my particular farm listed as lower. Um, But, yeah, so you're right. That could be the problem, the whole tax stuff.
2: More importantly than that, dear A&G, hey, I'm a 68-year-old woman. We loved that music, bread, and similar bands. It made me and my friends feel good. There's more to love than sex. we were looking for someone who didn't just want to have sex. Love you guys for 17 years. I will tell you this, Lynn. With the girls I loved... I could tell they loved that music, and I pretended to love it because I loved them. I also have known women
1: who liked guys who liked that music, and then had sex with and married different guys mm. who liked different things, mm. <laughs> which is probably because of the music. <laughs>
2: <laughs> right. I don't want the show to be over, but I'm, but I'm ready, ready. <laughs> to listen to, to the final thoughts from, from Armstrong, Armstrong and Getty.
1: Uh, Yeah. Our first... Yeah. Auto-tuned. That
2: was so good. (laughs) So good. Here's your host, Joe Getty. Let's get a final thought from everyone to wrap things up, huh? Hey, uh, Michelangelo, what's your final thought? Yeah, I'm disappointed in
0: Walmart getting rid of the greeters, so I guess when I go to Walmart, I'm just going to wave to the first person I see when I walk
1: in the door and say hi. You know, buy yourself a blue vest. Stand in the doorway. They can't make you leave. (laughs) (laughs) Positive Sean, your final thought. Yeah, to follow up on Jack's favorite USA Today graph, the 1700 polar bear could eat two. Adam Levine's, a 1,700 polar bear, that's a gigantic polar bear. They average between uh, 775 to 1,200 pounds. The world's largest polar bear was 2,200 pounds. Wow. But so the average polar bear could eat maybe one Adam Levine. No USA Today order. was exaggerated. Yeah, from
2: Mr. Levine's perspective is plenty. <laughs> uh, Marshall Phillips, your final thoughts? Uh, I am
0: caving into government pressure. Got another threatening notice from the Commerce Department about filling out the American Community Survey reminding me $10,000 for non-cooperation $10,000 fine for non-cooperation you need to go to jail over this Marshall so this afternoon I'll answer whoops the 10 pages of questions about where I live what my income is how much I made from selling agricultural products in my property am I Cuban and how good is my English (laughs) the government needs to know Jack your
2: final thought for us
1: Last Friday, we ended the show, and this wasn't on purpose, but we ended the show realizing we hadn't talked about Trump or Cohen or McCabe or anything the whole show. I feel that might be coming tomorrow. I'm kind of up to here with the whole thing.
2: I'm in. Yeah. I'm fine with that. My final thought is, if you think it's okay for boys who call themselves girls to compete about uh, against girls in sports, just because these boys call themselves girls, you are either stupid... Or you have been led down the garden path, as the saying goes, and need to check yourself because your brain has betrayed you. Cut it out. If
1: you're going to Bread's Greatest Hits, I suggest Baby, I'ma Want You.
2: Oh, that's good stuff. Guitar Man. Baby, I'ma Need You. We'll see you tomorrow. Huh? God bless America. This
3: is... Uh
0: And we really hope you forgive us for what we've done.
2: Thank you and good night. <laughs> and the show's over. What? Bye bye. President called your rat. Armstrong and Getty.